Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Matthew eleven twenty eight. this is in the NLT, it says this, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give for you is light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that it is life and it is hope and it is love. I pray that it would come alive to us this morning, that as I preach this word, that that people would hear from you in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, amen. Fantastic. So our theme for the month is connection, contradiction. I think I've got a screen. Yeah, connection, contradiction. And I know that sounds a little cryptic, but we'll get into it. And Recently, I've just been doing some reading around social media and social connection, and to be totally honest, I've been kind of blown away by it all. Uh, You know, one statement I read just yesterday, it says, a relationship is a consequence of a connection. And you'll know from experience that a connection cannot be forced by just creating a relationship. You can, however, manipulate someone into being your friend or partner without ever feeling genuinely connected to them. That's, that's unbelievable. And, and you can't, as humans, we're funny creatures because we're, we're made and we're designed, we're built basically for relationship and for connection. And I don't know if it's a way of protection or what we do, but in our day-to-day lives, generally, we minimize real relationship whilst connecting socially more and more. I don't know about you, but I've got thousands and thousands of friends on Facebook and social media. And if I'm honest with you, I don't know half of them. They're my friends. They're liking what I do. They're giving me thumbs up and smiley emojis and they're laughing and crying all at the same time. And I don't know them. I'm connected to them, but ultimately I don't know them. And, and, and I think that's the connection contradiction we find ourselves in life today is the fact I've got so many people in my world and I've got so many friends that I don't even know. And this led me to ask the question, in, you know, in 2018, what does real connection or real relationship look like and does that need to change? And I, and I say this because in 1985, connection looked very different to 2018. In 1985, all nine McCuddens got in the Mitsubishi van and all seats were taken up, just, just so you know. We get in the van and we drive around and we drove around to all our different friends' houses And if they weren't at home, we drove to the next friend's house. And if they weren't home, we drove to the next. And when we found somebody that was home, mum and dad went inside and had a coffee or tea and some some biscuits, and the kids all played outside. If we didn't find somebody that was home, we went to Avalon, got fish and chips, and went up and sat on the South Ave headland. And then we knew people there anyway, so now we're connecting. Today, it it is a thumbs up, it's a smiley emoji, it's that's awesome, and then I keep scrolling. So connection from, oh, connection from 1985 is very different to 2018. And my connection in 2018 feels different to what my connection in 1985 felt. I felt like somebody understood me. I felt like somebody was there with me. I felt like I was going through life, but others were going through life with me. And uh, in line with this kind of reading I've been doing, did you know that today there are more than 2.77 billion social media users globally? 
So if you take out all the kids that are underage and shouldn't be on it, you take out all the oldies that don't understand it anyway, basically everybody's on social media and everybody's using some level of social platform to connect with others. And this is the part that freaked me out. The average daily usage, listen to this for a second, or time spent on social media is nine hours. Nine hours. That's longer than people go to work for, school for, or sleep. People are using social media nine hours a day. Can I just get a show of hands? No, just no show of hands. So when we say we don't have to, time to connect with people, we actually do, we're just choosing not to prioritize it. Because if that stat is accurate, we all have an extra nine hours a day where we could do something with our lives. We're also living in a time where 25% of the population, and this is an Australian statistic, live in a single person home. So it's, it's really not a far stretch to suggest that we're living right now in 2018 in the most socially connected yet relationally isolated generation in history. We are more socially connected than we've ever been, but we're more relationally isolated than we've ever been. There are more people feeling lonely or feel like they're doing life alone. I'm the only person going through this. Nobody else understands what I'm going through. Nobody else cares. Nobody else is interested. Because I can post something and people can like it or they can put a, a worried face and then scroll to the next picture. Oh, look at that dog. Look at that beach. Look at that sunset. Somebody's just telling you they've got an issue in their world. Thumbs up. I'm now going to the next issue. That's my connection. That's my relational dealings with them. In line with this connected isolation, Australian stats again say that this year in the lucky country, 2,500 people will take their lives and 65,000 people will attempt to. That's not because they're not connected, it's because they're isolated. Isolation equals loneliness. And God said this, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, you know, so it doesn't matter how many Facebook friends I have, it doesn't matter how many Instagram likes or followers I have, if I don't have someone I can talk to, someone that I can interact with verbally and physically and someone I can hold hands with or, or whatever it is, I'm gonna feel alone. And real connection needs context, not just coverage. We, we need context for our connection and our relationship, not just coverage being a social media platform. And that's why the church exists. That's why connect groups exist. That's why we want you to make friends. Do you know the best way to make a friend? Is be friendly. If, if you want a friend, just everybody give me a smile right now. A real one, Justin. All right, yeah. Nick's giving me one. Can you give me a smile? Drew? I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I've got friends all through the auditorium. If you want friends, be friendly. I, I hear so often, I feel like I haven't connected. I feel like, well, have you tried to connect with somebody else? Because when we're feeling how we're feeling, somebody else might be feeling worse. Somebody else might be going through something bigger than we're going through. Somebody has to initiate connection. Somebody has to initiate relationship. Why don't you just make a choice? It's going to be me. I'm going to be the first to smile. I'm going to be the first to compliment. I'm going to be the first to, to be generous or to invite somebody out to a coffee or a dinner. I think we had two people over for dinner this week. I got a chance to make dinner for Eddie and Nush and drop it over to their house. We went and caught up with another group. of people. I love getting together with people. 
And I don't want to just send you a text or, a, or an emoji or something else. I want to get together with you and do life with you and talk with you. And that's the way we were built. Amen? Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church isn't bricks and mortar. The church isn't this auditorium. The church is us. We are the church. He says, I'm going to build the church. I'm going to expand the church. I'm going to add to the church. What does that mean? People. How are people built? How are people expanded? How are people added to the church? Through friends, through friendliness, through reaching out, through inviting, through connecting with, through doing life with so that they can come into what we already have and enjoy. Amen? And, uh, you know, in my mind, Jesus is the ultimate connection contradiction. And I'll explain this in a minute. But today, again in 2018, there are people who are famous just for being socialites. They're not famous for curing cancer. They're not famous as an architect or a builder or a business person or, or something else. They are, they are purely and primarily famous because they're famous. They're dysfunctional. They're, the Kardashians, let's just take that for it. They are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? Because they've got hundreds of millions of followers on social media. Their worlds are upside down, basically. However, they're famous. And, and you know, thinking through Jesus, if anyone in all of history wanted to be social, it could have just, just social, just surface, topic, it could have been Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's doing miracles. He's raising the dead. He's, he's, he's going before, but he, he's the, the link between our past and our future. If he wanted to keep it surface level, he could have, but he never did. Jesus didn't want just social. He wanted intimate relationship. He, Jesus always went to the heart of a matter. He never just kept it, you know, cause, and he'd speak to people's worlds and their worlds would change because there was deep and real connection. Amen. Let's look again at our passage for today and see what Jesus said. Matthew eleven twenty eight, starting in verse 28, says, Then Jesus said, come to me. Then Jesus said, come to me. What was he doing? He was initiating personal encounter. He was speaking to somebody. He was speaking to a group of people saying, I'm not aloof. I'm not out here. I'm not just social. You can come to me. Can I encourage you in your relationships and in your family and in your, your circles that are that beyond that, let people come to you and not just get a scroll through, not just get a thumbs up or an emoji. Let people come into your world, into your life, into your circumstances and do real relationship with them. And that says all of you. So who can come? Anyone. Jesus was willing to have anyone. He was busy. He was traveling. He, like, like, like every day, you read the Bible, every day for the three years of his, he was traveling. He, he was going from town to town. He was performing miracles. He was, he was feeding, you know, 25,000. He was, he was raising the dead. He was, he was getting attacked. He was getting brutalized. He was, he was being put on a cross. He was dying. He was right. He was busy. But he said, I got time for you. You can come to me, anybody. And then it goes on to say, who are weary and carry, carry heavy burdens. What was he saying here? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You, you don't have to get rid of your baggage. Just come as you are. Can I let you know there's an invitation given by the Messiah of the world that says you can come to me just as you are, where you are. I know, I know you're dirty. I know you've got some issues. I know you're carrying some burdens. I know you've done some things. You can come to me. The world needs to see the same Jesus that we know. 
They need to know that there's not criticism, there's not judgment, but you can come to me. I, people, our, our community needs to see Jesus as we see Jesus. Sees Jesus. I uh, see Jesus. But I, but I, I, I want to ask you, how do you see Jesus? Do you see him as judging and, and critical, or do you see him as loving and welcoming? Because I'm just reading this one, you know, three verses of Scripture, and it blows my mind, the amount of, of love and compassion that's in this piece of Scripture. It goes, and I will give you rest. Come to me as you are, and I will give you rest. Why? Jesus wants to help you in life. He wants you to do life a different way, a better way. He has a life for you that is far better than anything you've ever dreamed for. Just come to him. You don't have to seek this out. You don't have to try and find yourself. You don't have to think, what is God's will for my life? Come to Jesus and you'll find his will. Come to Jesus and you'll feel his heart. Come to Jesus and you'll enter into a true relationship which will change everything in your world. And, I, and it says, take my yoke upon you. I stand through this. Says, He's got a way for us to live which will seem restrictive to some, but it will actually be totally liberating. Everyone, why are you doing that? Why are you living that Christian life? Why are you going and worshiping? Why are you, why are you tithing into that place? Why are you doing this? That, that's that's not, not this. That's legalism. That's this. That's No, no, it's, it's liberation for you. You're going to be bound to something. We get to choose what we're bound to, the world or God's way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. God wants to show you a way that will lead to life. It says, uh, there is a way that seems right to man, but in its end is death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There's separation between us and God. But he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you come to me, if you, let, if you, if you take down your walls and your barriers and you soften your heart and you enter into a relationship with me, I will show you life and life more abundantly. Amen? He says, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls. What is that? Rest comes after instruction and obedience. God wants to give you rest. He wants to take your weights. He wants to take your burdens, but he wants you to live obediently to him. He wants to lead you. It says, he who would find his life must first lose his life. I got to lay down my life and my agendas to pick up his, but his are better than mine anyway. And his carry blessing and his carry favor and his carry future. I, I just carry my limited dreams and my limited aspirations. But he says, if you lay these things down, I'll give you so much more. Just follow me. Just come to me and follow me. That a life in Christ, as we walk as, as, as a faith-filled believer, we need to walk in obedience. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. There is a yoke to walking in Christ. And, and a yoke on a horse or a yoke on, 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 on um, the, the animals, the bulls, and that, it would lead them. When we wanted to go to the left, he'd pull you back through and you'd go to the right. When you wanted to go off course, it would straighten you up. God wants to straighten up our paths. God wants to lead us and guide us uh, in, in all we do. And there's just so much in this passage of Scripture, but I think today we think we're connected because of social media, but there's, there's no real context for connection. It's only a forum for comparison. And I don't know about you, uh, but I'm comparing my reality with others' projected images. Even though their perfect picture is, is displaying this world that isn't real and they took 500 photos to get that one, I'm looking on at them going, why the heck isn't my life like that? Why the heck don't I have that? Why aren't I driving that Mercedes? Why isn't that luxury motor cruiser down at N uh, Noosa Marina waiting for me? But it's not even reality. It's, it's for a 0.00000% of 
whatever reality for somebody in the world, but that's not even a reality that you're called to live. That's not necessarily the life that God has for you. You can aspire and you can dream, but we've got to get happy where we're at today with what we have today so God can bring what He wants for us tomorrow. And, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, if you've seen the sign in certain cafes, but it says, we don't have Wi-Fi, talk to each other, pretend it's 1995. We don't have Wi-Fi, just talk to each other. And I don't know if you've ever been down to a cafe and, and there's two people sitting across from each other drinking coffee. We're going out for coffee. And then at coffee, while they're drinking coffee, they're actually drinking coffee alone because they're just flicking through their phones. They're, just, they're, they're flicking through. Oh, I, I got 10 likes this morning. It's going to be a good day. It's not even 9 o'clock and I got 10 likes. I put that photo up. It took me 50 photos to get that one photo. I've already got 10 likes. It's going to be a good day. I reckon I'll get to 100 by the Savo. It's like, seriously, they'll, they'll, they'll just start blowing up. It'll, actually, funnily enough, I put a photo up yesterday and I said, I so miss my modeling days. I've never modeled in my life. And then I put hashtag only offered plus size jobs now. But anyway, they, I, I put this photo up. Well, everybody said, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Everybody thought I was being real. I don't miss my modeling days because I've never had modeling days. And, uh, but anyway, hey, Nick, have you got that photo of the girl on a bridge? I, can't, I don't even know what this girl's name is. Yeah, she got whatever. But this is, this is what she wrote because she's, she puts posts up every day. Of she wakes in this perfectly manicured bed with flowers and porridge and all these things. But she's getting hate mail, death threats, all these things. And this is what she put. My feed isn't a place of reality. I mean, who spends their time in such beautiful city perched on a leg, ice cream in hand, and smile permanently affixed to their face? It's staged, guys. And she's basically saying you're looking on and you're loving me or hating me based on what you're seeing, but it's not reality. We staged this. There was light. There was makeup. Somebody handed me a, a, an ice cream while I was sitting on it. It's not real. So we're comparing our lives and woe is me and look at what I'm walking through and look at the challenge I have. And one kid threw up in the bed this morning. Another kid hit the car with the golf club and somebody else did something else. And this girl's got an ice cream sitting on a bridge. And then we get down on ourselves and we go through life hating on everybody else because this girl's got such a good life and I've got such a bad life. And it's like, it's not real. Do life. Do relationship with the people that are in front of you. Call your con connect group leader. Call your, the people in your connect group. Call people that you know from you. Well, do whatever you do. Call your family. Call your friends. Call people out in the community and do life with them because that's where true richness is. Amen? I read this quote. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. Your life is special. Stop comparing it to everybody else and everything else. Why, why do, you know, we, we see these people, I, I, I remember reading about him a few months ago about Anthony Bourdain. I used to love watching his cooking show. He was a, he was a, a food critique. He was an amazing chef. He had millions of dollars, apartments in France and apartments in New York, and he killed himself. Why? Because the perception of reality isn't reality. He was hurting on the inside. He was broken on the inside. He didn't have anybody that he felt he could reach out to, to cry out to, to hold on to, and say, I'm hurting, help me. He just had millions and millions and millions of followers and people liking everything he did and, and paying him a lot of money to do it. We need to do life a different way, a better way. Amen? As I was thinking this through, I was thinking, I think at times it's the same with us in our faith walk. We think because I've heard a great message or I've listened to that podcast, or, or I saw this little Insta, Insta post that went for 30 seconds and I got all, all 
goosebumps, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit, this is awesome, oh, here we go, here we go. That we're close and we're tight with God. But we're not. We just heard something. God's, God doesn't want social. He doesn't want to flick through. He doesn't want to scroll through. He wants you. He wants time spent with you every day. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to, to engage him. He wants to be you to press in. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling hurt or down, God wants you to press into him. And, and, and don't rely on somebody else's feed for, for daily inspiration. You know, John 10, 10, the devil comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Scroll through, I've got life and life more abundantly today. Now, why don't you go to the source of life and life more abundantly and say, God, I need you. I need more of you in my world. I want, I want more of you in my life. God, fill me afresh today. You know, it says in Matthew, it says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. God will never leave you stranded. God will never leave you half-baked or half-filled. God wants to fill you up to overflowing so you've got so much more of Him to give to somebody else. There's a, there's a quote that says, knowing the Bible is one thing, knowing the author is another. We can all hold up a Bible. We can all listen to it. We, knowing the Bible is one thing. But when you know the author of the Bible, you know where the Bible comes from. You know, you know the, the context behind the scripture, behind the promise that he's spoken for your life. You know, in, in Matthew 15, uh, verse 7, it says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I wonder how often that's me, that I, that I speak all the right things and I say all the right things, but my heart is far from him. And he's just sitting there going, I so badly want to, to connect with you. I so badly want to have deep and intimate relationship with you. But you're so busy and you're so frenetic and you're bouncing from left to right. I just want you to still yourself so I can be God in your world and you can see and experience my goodness. Will you just slow down? Will you just give me some time? You know, and I was looking at this. So what was Jesus doing when he said, come to me? When, he, when he's standing before a group of people and he's teaching the Messiah of the world, the Savior of the world, what was he doing when he said, come to me? He was inviting everybody present into his humanity. So often we want to hold people back and hold people out and we want to project and we want to show them the perfection of our life when really our life is anything but. So we don't engage beyond social, we don't engage beyond superficial. But, but here, guess, can, I, can I just say something to you this morning? Jesus had to wash his feet. He had to wash his clothes, he had a shower every other day, whatever he did. He ate food, he went to the bathroom. Jesus didn't float two feet off the ground. He didn't have angels singing on either show. It's the Messiah. He didn't, he didn't have that. Jesus was human and he invited everybody around him into his humanity. He, he invited them into his world so they could see how he did life and be an example for them. You come to our house, you're gonna hear some screaming. You're going to hear some slamming of doors. You're going to see a few dings where things have been crashed or whatever. No, they don't. They're going to see perfection. Angels, whoa, it's Christian. He's cooking. No, not at all. It's real world. I got three kids. I got an eight-year-old. I got a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old. I got a 15. It, it's real world. It, it's, it's, it's crazy at times. You're coming over for dinner at six. Great. Make it 6.05 because we're only getting back from swimming training then. And we're going to throw something on. And it, invite people into your world not the projected image of what you want them to see. Let people, do you know what he was doing when he did this? He was normalizing life. Life is messy. 
Life has twists and turns. There's some issues attached to life, but it's okay. If you keep walking, you get through those issues. If you keep walking, you'll overcome your challenges and the struggles and the issues. And guess what? Let's do it together because now you're feeling a little bit better. I come into your world. Now I'm feeling a little bit better. This is awesome. We can make it. We can do it together. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. He made people feel comfortable and like they could make it where social media connections pretty well do the exact opposite. They project this unattainable sense of per per perfection which creates distance between the poster and, and the observer. And I find like most days we're doing that, we're observing rather than interacting. We're, we're, we're not engaging, we're just observing everybody else's world. Um, our connection is to be cemented in reality. We need to be able to reach out and touch somebody. I, do, do you know one of the greatest things is, is, is to get with somebody, go, you're going through a tough time, let's go have a coffee. Let's go have a beer. Let's go have a meal together. Let's talk this through. I may not have the answer, but I can be there as an ear to listen. You're not walking through this alone. You're not facing this challenge on your own. I can't do that with a, with a you'll be right. You'll be fine. Kimmy, I know, I know you broke your hand. I know you're getting reconstruction. You'll be fine. No, no, don't do that. Take over a meal and say, you'll be fine. I believe in you. If you need anything else, I'll do it for you as well. If you need me to drive the kids to school, if you need me to pick up the laundry, if you, whatever it is, let's be people that go beyond. Let's go second mile. Let's let people see Jesus through our lives because we do something that costs us something, that we do something that stretches us. You know, and I thought connection requires um, concentration. Connection requires concentration. If I'm to be in real relationship with you, I need to concentrate on you. I need to look at you, I need to listen to you, I need to spend time with you. I don't need to do that on a social platform. I can just boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I, I don't, I, here's the deal. Real, real relationship requires concentration, not just a scroll through. I wanna encourage us, let's be people that are intentional. Let's be people that concentrate, let's be people that focus on our world. Uh, you know, tr true connection requires commitment, not just a praying for you. No, no, if you're going to pray for him, really pray for him. Because James says the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. It changes much. And I don't know about you, but that, that's just such an easy thing to do. Praying for you, brother. Crashed my car, rode it off. Bank won't give me a loan. Praying for you, brother. No, no, no. Let's do something and, and, and let's join our prayer with some action. Amen. You need to borrow a car. I was just in the States, actually. Uh, I, was, I was speaking about six times in three days. It was a big time. My mate, who's a chiropractor, sees 750 people a week. That week was opening two restaurants, and he, he's got this group called Lion Chasers. It's a group of guys that he holds accountable to a certain way of living, the way they serve, the way they give, the way they, they you know, do their life. They run their connect groups, their discipleship group. He holds them to a really high standard. And he had found out, we're right in the middle of going to a specific meeting, he'd found out that one of his guys had crashed and totaled his car. And he gets this phone call while we're driving, and he goes, mate, we've got to go back to the house, picking up another car, you're going to follow me. I said, what for? We're on our way to a meeting. He goes, this is more important. I said, okay, no worries, we're on our way to another, you know. And what had happened was, he wanted to do something to help this guy. This guy's just crashed on the highway, he's just totaled his car. He went to his house, picked up his BMW 5 Series wagon. We drive down, he picks him up, he says, you've got to follow me still. I thought we were just giving him a car. Takes him to his practice, 
does a chiropractic treatment on him, resets his core so that the guy doesn't have his concussion anymore, says, just keep the car till the, the insurance company sorts yours out, uh, no dramas. And he goes, all right, now we'll go to a meeting. And then we went to a meeting. He attached action to his intention. You know, it's the thought that counts. Well, it's not always the thought that counts because my thoughts aren't always real. At the, we, I need to back my thoughts up so people know that it's the thought that counts. Amen? You know, so, so our mission in life and as a church is to love God and to love people. You can't do that surface level. You, you, you know, you've seen the post, you know, one, one like equals one prayer. No, it doesn't. Who's praying? There's not, a, there's not an algorithm in the background where the computer starts praying, Cussie's hurt herself and let's pray. And, you know, the computers are talking in tongues. It's not that. It's we do something. Let, let, let's get real. And Chronicles says this, uh, 2 Chronicles 7, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. Now my eyes are open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. If my people will pray, I'll hear and I'll heal and I'll deliver and I'll bring miracles if my people will pray. My, my encouragement to you each and every week is going to be this. Pray, have a relationship with God and read your Bible. Then love on someone. Pray, connect with God, love somebody. Pray, connect with God, love somebody. And I tell you, your world, world will turn around and look very different to what it does today. You know, there's a saying it's that knowing God and deciding to stay lost is like knowing to swim and choosing to drown. We have a choice in life to really know God or to know Him just as God. God doesn't want you just to know that He's there. He wants you to know that He's ever-present, that He's with you, that He's closer than a brother, that He's, he's in whatever you're going through, that He's, he's supporting you and, and guiding you and loving on you. Amen? Because here's, here's the reality. I've had people like my posts, send me emojis, and not return my phone calls. Anything I put up, like, that's epic. Da, 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 da. Write me a little post, like reshare, send on, and then I call them because I need something and they don't take my phone call. We need to get beyond that in life so that we're, even if I've got to cut down from the thousands to hundreds, or from the hundreds to tens, or from the tens to there's a few people in my world that I'm in real relationship with, Let's do that so that it's, it's real. You know, in Malachi it says this, and then I've got a few thoughts and we're going to finish. But Malachi 4, starting in verse 5, it says, Behold, I will send to you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. What was God saying here? I'm going to send the greatest prophet of the time to come and reconnect with people, to, to get people back into relationship. The curse that exists is the, 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 the curse of disconnection, where there isn't any relational, it's all surface level, where there is no heart, there is no passion, there is no joy, but I'm going to turn that around. I, I'm going to reverse that. And so I had a few thoughts this morning that might help us reverse the curse so that we get into back into real relationship. You guys might come if that's okay. We'll sing a song, have a coffee pack up and then take the kids for a surf, something like that, whatever it looks like. Is this helping anybody this morning? First thought I had is take 10 minutes a day to talk to God, not just to offload, but to have a conversation. Not just to offload, not just to bring the shopping list, not just to, God, I need. He knows what you need. And that's what it says in Matthew 6, don't worry about anything. I got you. I got you. But I know what you need. 
I know you need food. I know you need money. I know you need clothes. I've got you. Don't worry about that. Seek me and my kingdom. And all those things will be added unto you. Why don't you come to God and say, God, I'm confused. What should I do? God, I need wisdom in this decision. I've got a big decision to make. 10 minutes a day. I want to challenge you. Let me just say this. Over the next month, I want to challenge every single one of you. Take 10 to 15 minutes a day just to talk to God. And when you're talking to God, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation where there's only one person talking and they're saying stuff and go, ah, yeah, ah. They don't stop, not even for two seconds for you to be able to say, ah, I've had conversations with people where for 10 minutes they've, they've offloaded because of a statement I made in the beginning in which they misheard. So the entire conversation was a void conversation because they misheard what I said originally and they've been telling me what I should do about a situation that doesn't exist. God wants to have an opportunity for you to say things to him, but then for him to say things to you, to bring wisdom and to bring peace and to bring... I've been in situations where I've said something to God, this is it, this, I can't do anymore, I can't take it. Boom, one word. And I feel like my spirit is void and I feel like I'm built up again and I've got life. And he goes, just, just tweak this one little thing and it'll all work out. And do this one little thing and it all works out. But I'm ready to throw in the towel and give it all up and run away and buy Harley Davidson right up into the sunset. I don't know. But one little thing, one, just, just asking God a question and listening to the answer shifted everything. He can do it for you. Uh, allocate, a- allocate. allocate tech-free time each day, whatever that looks like, whatever that means. It might be, you may need it for work or you may need it. For, but at 6 p.m. every night, the phone goes to silent or goes on the bedside table, whatever that is, allocate tech-free time every day and watch natural relationships and connections form. Third thing would be uh, delete social media platforms off your mobile devices for a month. You had me till then, Christian. I don't even like you anymore. I'm finding another church. This one's got bad doctrine and theology. Why don't you, just for a month period, delete social media platforms. Tell everyone you're signing off. You may need it. You may need it for work. But I, I guarantee you, you'll find nine hours worth of time available in your world every day where you could call somebody or you could have a coffee with somebody or you could whatever cook a meal for somebody who's in need for, fourth one would be arrange a walk coffee or face-to-face interaction with a friend each week over the next month i'd love to have you come back to me and say i've met with four people in the last four weeks we went for a walk we had a chat we had a coffee you will start to feel yourself get filled you will start to feel replenished and like you're a human again i hate the feeling of not feeling human of, of not feeling like there's, I've, I've actually spoken to anyone today or I've actually done it. I've just text, email, whatever it might look like. Fifth thing would be call and talk to someone rather than just text or email. Ask questions. You okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Just a kind word. Your kind word could change a person's future. Your kind word, your smile, your act, your gesture could be the very thing that changes somebody's future. Eat dinner at the dinner table, not in front of the TV. These are just thoughts. I'm preaching to myself this morning. We do this anyway. Eat dinner at the dinner table, not in front of the TV. Turn the TV off. Tech goes off. There is whatever that looks like. Number seven, play a board game one night a week. Does everybody have a board game? Because if you don't have a board game, I'm going to buy you one. I'll buy you Uno. I'll buy you Monopoly. I'll buy you... So does anybody here not have a board game? Get it out. 
turn the Xbox off. Turn the, we, we've, we've got rid of it. We've just take, unplugged it. It's making its way back, but we've unplugged it and it's in the cupboard and you've got to put a controller in one cupboard, a lead in another cupboard, the box in another cupboard, but play a board game one night a week. Do you know one of the greatest sounds is laughter around a table when you've shared a meal? It, like, and it's, it's, it's just a great sound. Number eight, invite friends over or out. Every, in, in the next four weeks, twice, I'd, I'd love you to invite somebody out or over to your place. Just open your house and be hospitable. If we want to live like Jesus lived, let's live like Jesus lived. Let's have people in our world. Let's enter into a relationship. Let's have people come over and into our world. Uh, nine, smile at a stranger and initiate conversation with them. It seems hard, but it's really easy. I, I, a guy yesterday at the beach, I was at the beach, Zach was surfing and a guy comes in, his kid's screaming, he's got blood pouring out of his face and everybody just looked at him and this guy walked past maybe 50 people and nobody even acknowledged this kid screaming on the top of his head. This dad that was obviously freaking out, didn't know what had happened to his son, blood pouring out of his face and I just walked over and said, mate, can I help you? I picked up a towel, put it on his son's face, I packed down his water tent, I, I put it all together, put it under his nose, he said, mate, thank you so much. I'm just gonna go to the hospital. I said, do you need me to take you? No, nah, I'm good, but thank you for that, that, That's how hard it is. Do you know what it cost me? Two minutes, two minutes and a bit of care, two minutes and a, but that will have changed that guy's afternoon because that guy either goes to slamming doors and kicking cats and doing something because woe is me or no, no, people actually care. There's still good people in the world. There's, you know what? I'm not doing this on my own. Last thing, why don't we stand to our feet? at work set out to find something you didn't know about one of your work colleagues just find out something you didn't know about one of the people that, that you work with every day you're at work with them eight hours a day ten hours a day whatever it is and you don't know things about them get interested in other people's worlds i'm telling you when we live like this when we're interested in others when we when we work on real relationships and deep connections with people we will see the house of god filled because there's a saying that says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care People don't care how much Jesus loves them if we hate them. People don't care how much Jesus loves them if we won't interact with them or we won't include them or have them in our world, if we won't get generous. So I want to encourage you, we are the church of God. We are, through Christ, the hope for humanity. The reason Noosa and the Sunshine Coast is going to get saved is because we live like Jesus lived. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands? Father, we thank you for your word. God, you are so good. Thank you for loving us when we weren't worthy of being loved. Thank you for giving your life for us. God, my prayer today is that the blessing of heaven will rest on every single person in front of me, that they'll go this week inspired to love like you love, to live like you live, to be a blessing in our community. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.